0: Good morning. Welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where I went just yesterday, Taylor, and did the curbside delivery. Can't be easier. Order on the Giant Eagle app, sit there, roll down your window. I mean, I got gas, too. Roll down the window afterward, and they just bring it right out to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have some new things. I mean, the zucchini fries, I can't tell you how many times I've had those, and they have, like, these new, like, uh, they're kind of like mozzarella sticks, but they're a different kind of cheese that make them taste like straight, like grilled cheese. They're, they're crazy. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Well, that's news to me. That's, that, that sounds a whole lot more interesting to me than the zucchini fries. I'll give them a shot.
1: The zucchini um, fries are unreal. So. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, well, you, you've kind of been advocating for them for a while now.
1: Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing there.
0: <laughs> let's uh, get into some hockey talk here. The NHL had its very strange and uncomfortable draft lottery show. On on Monday night, which I thought really could have used some Shark Tank music when that, Ernst and Young dude came out with the,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> you know what I'm talking about with the yeah
1: with the, walking the down the hallway face <laughs> and the
0: dark mask and everything and all oh, it was uh, all it needed was and and they went on with the show and the Rangers got the pick and uh, honestly just. Speaking as somebody who's watched hockey forever, two teams I didn't want to see get it, Rangers and the Leafs. The Rangers end up getting it. Um, first of all, any thoughts on the presentation or anything that any to the suspicion of the guy dropping the Rangers ball by accident early and then having to get it back out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any uh, fix involved. I know the guy did drop the ball early, but, I mean, I don't – that that's not going to do anything. You no, know, I mean the presentation. You know they're going to drag it out because they have to fill a whole time slot. They, and, they do,
0: yeah. I mean, it was I think a half hour show, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and then what? What? What they did, like Gary Bettman having to identify all the logos and like get uh, the penguin logo. That? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it was supposed to be dramatic or like like we're definitely not fixing this they're all there but it, <laughs> and,
0: did you see them what the montreal canadians did on twitter with that they they, no. they they tweeted out their logo and they said could you identify this logo <laughs> well
1: i tweeted the thrashers logo and i said can you I identify it, it? But that, yeah <laughs> so uh i mean it was just kind of an awkward thing uh but i mean the rangers i think probably one of the best case scenarios. For the league, like from, from a league standpoint, because it, it was a team that actually should not have been in the playoffs in a normal circumstance, and it's a big market. And
0: it's a the so, big market, yeah. yeah and it's, so, I mean, and Larry Brooks, uh, who's covered the Rangers for about 100 years for the New York Post, used to say that the NHL is never healthy unless the Rangers are healthy. Um, and I hate that, but I also can't argue it. Mm -hmm. Um, because Larry gets all melodramatic and says that the NHL's peak moment was in 1994, the last year the Rangers won the Cup. Uh, The only other time since 1940, I might add. And that it was all glory and all – they were on Good Morning America and everything else. And I get that. It is New York. They're based right in Manhattan. Uh, I can appreciate that. It's still – you know, it's it's, it's tough to hear. I
1: don't know. I mean, I think – I I mean bad for the Penguins' standpoint to have that guy go, end up in the Metro, but I mean like I don't know. I think it would have been boring if he would have ended up in like Florida or Nashville. Like well, Florida what? would
0: have been Florida would have been dry because look look what the Panthers have done with the top talents that they get. I mean, there's a reason they fired Dale Talon yesterday. Uh, it, it's you know they get their Alexander Barkovs and so forth, and they don't do anything with them um, in New York. For better or worse, and this is the part that does directly impact the Penguins with Capocaco and uh, you know other young talents that they have. And then really, it looks like very smartly investing in the mega contract for Artemi Panarin, which I know a lot of us were kind of like, whoa, what are they doing there? I thought they were rebuilding. And then they go and they sign Panarin to a million bucks. And Panarin had a heart Trophy-level season. The Rangers look like they will be that team for a very long time, kind of the way the Penguins and Capitals were.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, is uh, Lundqvist on his way out, or does this uh, – Good point. Are they going to get something for him, or is he – But you've
0: liked their goaltending. I mean, you've liked the goaltending. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the the young goaltending – Look, I don't know what they were doing starting Henrik in this playoff unless they were trying to angle for this pick. You know what I mean? I mean, they know they have two better goalies than Henrik Lundqvist right now. Not one, but two. and
1: it, Yeah, but I mean, if, if he does pull it off, you know, I, I could see them, like, route, like if he, you know, did play well those first two games, I could see them rallying around him because it was probably going to be his last run no matter what. But, I mean, right. cause it's what, Georgiev and Shostakhin. Yeah. Uh, I, but those
0: I, are both really, really good young goaltenders, both yeah, of them.
1: Yeah, so they might be able to move Hank and get something – in return, and also, uh, you know, add to the roster, so, I mean, well, let's not way.
0: forget, too, that late in the season, when everybody was assuming that Chris Kreider was going to be up for grabs, he was the number one guy. What ended up actually happening? The Rangers just opened the wallet and kept him. Of course, he ended up getting hurt, seriously hurt, after that. But the point stands. They invested in Panarin. They invested in Kreider, and, and they got these young guys. I don't mean to leave out Mika Zibanejad, who had a tremendous year. For the rangers but look they look not loaded i mean they're not that deep yet and they're 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 still questionable on the blue line but they have high-end talent uh, arguably as much as anybody in the metro including pittsburgh right now
1: yeah and still uh penguins have the option to keep their the number 15 overall pick out of that they would have been if they didn't win one it was going to be 15 no matter who who won and um they have a week Do you to keep decide. it
0: are you, are you keeping yeah it? yeah
1: because it's a pretty it's a pretty deep draft and the only way they would have a higher pick next year is if they miss the playoffs uh
0: that's and, not something you want to bet on
1: no like not, it, or
0: not actually it's not a message you want to send to anybody either right you telling yeah. your players that you don't believe in them <laughs>
1: yeah so i I'd, I'd pick number number 15 i mean what well, that's the highest pick they've had since since poliott uh uh, 2012. And I mean, before that, it was still Crosby Malkin. I mean, they haven't had a pick this time in very uh, long. The other
0: thing is, I think we can all agree that at this point, whether that player comes in, whoever it is, if they take 15th overall into Pittsburgh next year, right away or not. And of course that's always iffy in the national hockey league, um, whether that happens or not, that player is now closer to yeah. coming into Pittsburgh during the Crosby era and making an impact. And I think that matters. You've got to start, as, as I was writing in the column, you've got to start bringing in younger guys. It, whatever means it takes, you've got to start bringing in fresher legs.
1: Yeah, I'd keep it.
0: Okay, so it's easy for people like me and you to say, hey, get younger players, play the younger guys or whatever. But who are they? Who are these young guys? And I mean, we've been talking a lot about Lafferty and and Evan Rodriguez is 27, so he's not super young But because they had the really good camps. But who else is there? If you just opened up, for example, let's say the third line and just said it's just going to be all young players, who is it? That's the
1: thing because, like, I know you wrote in your column that uh they've they've been a little reluctant to you know use that young talent since and a lot of people are saying like they did it in 16 17 how come they're not doing it now and it's like there isn't a wave that good down in wilkes mm-hmm. that you know Gensel and the guys that came up back then um I mean we saw we saw them in Pittsburgh this year Lafferty Angelo and, and Johnson those are the guys who would have a shot, I mean, there isn't any, like, there isn't another four down there who I'm like, how come, you know, like, when are they going to get their shot? I mean, Yorkquist was a guy who I thought could come up this year, but then he didn't play. He got hurt, and I think it was a sixth game. Um, So, I mean, depending on how he adjusts next year, because, I mean, he's been off for an entire year, and it was his ACL. He couldn't skate until uh, the spring. Um, So, I mean, depending on how he adjusts, maybe he could come up next year, but, I mean, there, there isn't anyone in wilkes who I think could act, like, play a significant game. Okay, and- well,
0: here, let's have some fun with this. You brought this up, so I'm going to fire it back at you. You said in 2016 they brought up young players and they made an impact, and you're completely right. At the time, when they brought those players up, it was Connor Sherry, Scott Wilson, Tom kuhn and I'm trying to think of this, there was There was one more that was in that mix, and it's kind of slipping my brain right now. But none of them was like, whoa, they brought that guy up. You know what I mean? Like, there was no big impact player out of that group. And even in hindsight, it's not the most wow group of all time. But all that happened, as you'll recall, was that they came up and they kind of just brought some energy. They brought some life to the team. And that's the part that I feel like has been missing. So let's say that it's Sam Lafferty. Let's say it's Anthony Angelo. Let's say Adam Johnson, and I'm sorry if everybody's getting tired of me pounding the drum for Adam Johnson. I don't see any flaws with the kid other than he's really skinny. He's, he's really fast. He's pretty good with the puck. He's really smart. And all he does is make a, a, a really positive impression anytime he's in a camp or, a, or a, a, a practice setting with the Penguins. And I thought he actually conducted himself pretty well in the few games that he was allowed to play last year. Um, that's kind of what I'm getting at here. It's not bring up the the superstars in waiting in Wilkes-Barre. It's let's see some fresher legs because that's actually what we saw in 2016. Those weren't star players. Jake, what? Well, yeah. Jake made an impact. Jake's different. Yeah, I mean,
1: it would it would really only be those guys if we're looking at the forwards. And um, I mean, they because they, that, that was a line in uh, in the scrimmages once they actually played it. I mean, they and was, you
0: loved it because I I read your coverage. You yeah, thought they were great.
1: i yeah, they were. Okay. probably one of the best lines there yeah.
0: um
1: and uh and I mean the, the three of them because they've been in wilkes for for so long they do play well together I know like
0: that counts too
1: and because well what uh Angela Lafferty both Ivy League guys I remember when Angela was down in wilkes kind he, he like described it like they have like a telepathic connection he's like I know where he is at all times um so I mean those three together are good but then you, you, I don't think you can just inject, like, one or two of them on the third line. Because, I mean, what we saw Lafferty in the third – he did play a game. He, and he, it wasn't great. But he, he played a few them.
0: minutes and made one mistake, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, he made one mistake, and then he was glued to the bench for, the for like, the first half of the second game. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he, he came out and he made, like, like, two or three big hits right away. So, I mean uh, – but you can't just have like one of those guys. No, no, no. It's,
0: it's got to be, be a group of them. By the way, I'm really, really embarrassed that the guy that I forgot from 2016 was Brian Rust. Ouch. <laughs> 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 it's kind of an impact player. At least I remember there was somebody.
1: It feels like he's been up for longer than that. Yeah, so. it, it
0: does. Uh, the, the defense is, is, is a little bit of a different story. Is P.O. Joseph ready to uh, make a bid in the NHL?
1: So I talked to Volucci when the, when the, when the AHL season uh, stopped and he said he thought Pio Joseph could have come up as like a call up um, around Christmas, just based on the strides he made. Cause I mean, uh, he was playing on the top pairing down there and getting big minutes. Cause I mean, they did have injuries uh, on, on the blue line and lose guys to Pittsburgh, Churchman and Trotman. So I mean, Pio Joseph did have a big role down there for most of the year. Um... I don't think that he'll come in and start uh, on uh, in the NHL. Uh, I I think more likely that he comes up. But if he if uh, he spends a little bit more time in Wilkes-Barre and then comes up does well, he could stick around.
0: Um, he do, he, did he do PK down there? I don't know much about him.
1: No. Uh, no. See, that's I don't a know. Problem. See, I don't. Well, I don't know when. I don't remember when they had most of their defense out. He might have. But I mean, uh, he okay. was on the power play. Uh And he's another skinny guy too, but he, so what Volucci told me is when they did their mid-season strength testing that he showed more legs, like growth in his leg strength uh, than anyone from the start of the season to the middle of the season, even though he didn't actually put on any weight. So people are always going to point to him and say he needs to get bigger, but uh he doesn't necessarily have to. I mean, you look at Marcus Patterson, he's going fine. Um, but I mean, P.O. Joseph, he's actually getting stronger uh, in that regard, even though he still looks pretty lanky. And I know he's tired no. of people talking about it. I talked to him and I said, do you think people put you know, too much emphasis on that? He said he's tired of hearing about his weight. Uh, now,
0: there's a reason I ask about a young left-handed defenseman who might kill penalties. And we'll get to that next. Yeah. So left-handed defenseman kills penalties. And all anybody's watching this is thinking, oh, can he take Jack Johnson's place? Um, before we get into Jack himself here, Yuso Rikula still has another year in which if he doesn't rightfully storm out on the Penguins and fly back to Finland in a hissy fit, which he actually should for the way he's been treated by this coaching staff, um, is he somebody who could step in and, and be a top six defenseman on this team?
1: I mean, yeah, we saw
0: that. Uh, I know, I know, but you see how you answered it. That's how everybody should. I mean, it's the advance. It's it's not just what you see, but the, his advanced analytics. Remember when he stepped in, and and as played. A well,
1: not a as, <laughs>
0: Yeah, for 15, 16 games, uh, in a row, were outstanding, and yet the very first chance they'd ever get to sit him, they'd sit him again, and I just, you know.
1: Yeah, I think they screwed up his. I mean, his first year not letting him spend more time in Wilkes-Barre because, I mean, he just sat on the, in the press box for a lot and they sent him down to Wilkes-Barre then and then he, he got hurt. But I think uh, after
0: the incredible camp that we witnessed, the unbelievable camp that he had. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I'd, I think he should have came in in the playoffs, um, which Schultz says the third pairing. But uh, well,
0: let's talk about Jack. See, Jack's easy. I mean Jack's the easy target he's the lowest hanging fruit uh, in the equation right now I don't think anybody would dispute that Um, how much of it is warranted and how much of it is just people piling on because that's the last name they heard somebody ripping on Twitter
1: I mean I think piling on would be if you're you're focusing on like you know one thing like oh this happened like two games ago and you're still talking about it but if it's if he's continuing to screw up, it's not piling on. It's just the same guy continuing to screw up and you can't ignore it. And I know people are like, oh, well, it's on coach. It's like, yeah, like I'm, if if I write about him, I'm not advocating that you fire him into the sun. I'm advocating that you you scratch him. (laughs) 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 Um, But I mean, the third pairing was on the ice for how many goals in the playoffs. It was unbelievable. unbelievable. At at, at some point it stops being a coincidence and – you you gotta, you gotta do something. I, I thought it should have been Rico Schultz on the third pairing. Um, and I think if, you know, focusing on the third pairing, more people were, were talking about Jack because we already know Schultz is gone. Like he's a, he's a UFA. Yes. I mean, gonna... right,
0: right. You're not going to kick Schultz, a two-time champion. You're not going to kick him on the way out the door. Um. He, he did what he did for the, for the organization. He's going to be remembered as a champion. Uh, and in 2017 in particular, as arguably the number one defenseman on a championship unit. So I think people are always going to be easier on Schultz uh, than they would on Jack. Jack obviously had the bad contract, the ridiculous term. And then he didn't, he he didn't improve in any of those areas that I know that the Penguins had hoped and expected that he would. Sergey Gonchar and I had a good talk about this very early in Jack's time. This was up in Detroit after a game. And Sergey told me that he felt that Jack was, there were two or three things that they needed to fix about his game. And they felt that he was going to get right back to where he was a few years earlier with Columbus. It didn't happen. It, it didn't happen. It hasn't happened. The one thing Taylor that I've heard, and this is a hard thing to quantify from the coaches that they always liked about him was his ability to clear the front of the net. They felt like in their defense core, they didn't have many guys who were doing that. And so Mike Sullivan and Jacques Martin valued that trait, whether it was from Jack or anybody else. And Jack, to his credit, did do I mean, most physical defensemen they have. But was that anywhere near enough to justify missed assignments, giveaways, lapses? Uh, no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Just no. No,
1: and I mean, you look at some of those uh, missed plays, in the playoffs, and it's like he would make a hit before, pat his uh, hit stats, but then, uh, like, take himself out of the play. Or Oh, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, run himself out. Uh, yeah. Although the, the only times that I'll ever come to Jack's defense is when, whenever it goes too far uh, or it gets nasty, it gets personal. Like, he's legitimately great guy. Sports criticism should never be personal unless the issues are personal, like if that happens to be a really bad person, which does happen often enough in, in actual professional sports. And also, when it's somebody else's fault, John Marino whiffed on, I guess, what was supposed to be a hip check or at least ceiling yeah. off. You know which play it I'm was, talking about on Paul yeah, Byron. It was,
1: yeah, the one uh, that's goal. All, they
0: that's all John Marino, that play. Uh, yeah. It, 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 that, that can't happen. But then Jack is the last guy you see. You know how that works when you're yeah. looking at the goal highlight? And, and – he never should have been left in that position by Marina, but he was.
1: No, but I mean, like, what you go back to the the very first goal from the Canadian that series, and it's like, uh, he whiffed on a hit, took himself out of the play, came in, hit Aston, yeah, yeah, hit Asteris Oh, yeah, away, he, yeah, he, he and ran then a pushed, uh, was it caught Kanyemi into the net as the puck was going off of and him. Threw Murray but
0: off, and then that yeah. was,
1: uh a sign of things that come um but I mean I know you wrote that he should be bought out and I think that's where we disagree just because I think there are some contracts that just the way they're the term or you know money left makes sense to be bought out like said, I think should be bought out because it would take his his one year left it would be two years he'd It'd have uh he has four point one million cap it now, I'd take it on a six hundred and then I think one point seven five after that. But Jack Johnson, what, he has three years left. Uh when you buy it out, it's it, it doubles the amount of time left. So you'd be on the hook for six years. Um his cap hit, what, it's three point two five now. It would mm-hmm. uh be I think one point two for the next two years and then one point nine for three. I mean for the third year, and then the yeah. final three years it's uh, 917,000. So no, I
0: read, I read that. I, I appreciate, well, I, I, I appreciate the math. I, my only point Taylor with that was sometimes you have to take a coach's toy away.
1: Well, right. But so if it, so the next two years, it's uh, 1.2 million would be the cap hit. He's only making 3.25. You could re you could retain that amount of salary 1.2 over the next three years. Um, his cap hit is only 2 million at that point, if, you, if you're retaining that much salary, I think they could get someone to take him for $2 million if you're um, and then And then you wouldn't be on the hook for six years. Um, you know what?
0: That's the beauty of the Rob Scuderi trade. Is that's it? what
1: I'm – yeah, but
0: <laughs> – you know, I mean, you could never no, so, say never.
1: Well, right. So you wouldn't be trading him straight up and expecting to get something good back. You might just get uh, something very small back.
0: I was like, gonna say so you, like a, you won't get Trevor Daly back, but no, yeah, you'll so get you'll get something.
1: Not, right, or so I mean, it would have to be a team that's hovering around the cap for, uh, like a a young rebuilding team who has a lot of those entry level deals who can afford to Ottawa.
0: Maybe,
1: right. So if they take on Jack Johnson, maybe you have to throw in a pick to make it worth it for them. They'd only have you know Jack on on the books for the next three years at two million, and then. Uh, if you throw in a pick, then it could you know, help them for their future because Ottawa's not going to be good in the next one, two years. So it would have to be somewhere. Yeah, like
0: I, I see what you're saying. I just, I, I think that I, I always feel like when it's time to turn the page, you just turn the page. So right. I, just, but I, I, I hear just, you, though. I hear you. I
1: just don't think they should pay for it for the next six years.
0: No, no, no. I, I, I hear that too. It's, it's not a great situation. And it's, it's one that the coaching staff finally, finally, finally has to confront.